Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. Today's episode is brought to you by Wise, the account that helps you manage your money around the world, which is huge for travelers. I've been a customer and a fan for 10 years. The Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, and they do it all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This service has been so critical for me in my life as a traveler, as a nomad, as somebody living abroad, and you can join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account can help you out on the road at wise.com slash travel. That's wise, W-I-S-E dot com slash travel, or download the app. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Okay, just want to warn you before we get into today's show, I am sick, but the show must go on. So if you hear my voice crack or it sounds like I got a frog in there, just ignore it. I'm bringing you this show anyway. Because it's a great one. I just got back from London yesterday, met up with my friend Paula Bo, who hosts the Radio Vagabond podcast, and he's been on the road as a nomad for the last five years. I said, wouldn't it be great if you share your five biggest lessons from five years of nomading? And so we sat down, and that's what we did in a pub, and you'll hear all the ambiance of a British pub, plus this wonderful conversation. I also... Want to give a shout out to somebody in this community who shared a fun fact from Michigan and also found a way to turn a trip to visit family into a big adventure. And maybe this will give you an idea to plan one of your own. Plus, three things to love about free activities. All of that and more happening in this show right now. So buckle up, strap in. Thanks for being here and welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, what's up? It's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. As I mentioned at the top, I am sick, so forgive the voice. The show must go on, though. I got to bring you a show every week. It's what I do. And so thank you very much for taking the time to join me. By the way, if you ever want to get in touch, you can always reach out. Jason at ZeroToTravel.com is my email And I always leave a link in the show notes where you can leave a voice message. I love to get those. So if you ever want to get in touch, you have guests you want me to bring on, anything you want to recommend or share with the community, please go ahead and do that. This is a community-powered show after all. So thanks for being in the listening community. And I do have a shout-out to share to somebody who did a unique thing by planning a travel adventure based on a destination they heard here, or I should say an experience they heard here on the podcast and weaving it into a family visit, which I thought was a wonderful idea. Plus, I'm going to share three things to love about free activities. As a traveler, you love free, of course. That's the best price. But what are some of the other perks to free activities? I'll share my thoughts in a moment. Plus, we have this wonderful interview coming up. Five lessons from five years on the road. You can't spend five years on the road as a nomad without having some big takeaways. And I'm excited to share those with you today in this conversation. Okay, now let's bring you this interview, five lessons on five years of nomading. My friend Paula has been out there doing it and so great to sit down with him over a pint of beer and a meal in this lovely old pub in London, England, just the other night, actually seems hard to believe it was just the other night. You know, travel's weird like that, right? One minute you're having a pint and a conversation in London, the next minute you're home. It's crazy. And you'll feel like you're sitting there with us at the table. So slip into the booth, come sit around and join our little chat. Five lessons on five years of nomading. Enjoy the conversation. I'll see you 
on the other side, my friend, we'll talk about these three things to love about free activities. I'll share a little personal story, which sparked to this, plus a shout out to somebody in this community. Stick around for that. Enjoy the conversation. I'll see you on the other side, my friend. It is more than appropriate that I am sitting in London, England, at a pub with Bond. Radio Vagabond, that is. Malibu. <laughs> Welcome back to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Thank you so much. And we're having a pint. Hey, let's cheers. Yeah. I mean, listen, yeah. we're in person. We're in uh, person? We're oh, my God. Do you remember when that happened? Holy crap. And we couldn't leave London without probably the only two travel podcasters at this gigantic conference with thousands of people. Uh, We couldn't leave without uh, actually recording a podcast. So uh, I'm really excited because we've had some, a lot of conversations over the last days. And you said something pretty profound yesterday when we were on our way up the stairs at the hostel. And I was like, "Hmm, that's, yeah, that's a good, good tip. And then I was like, you know, I got me thinking, I'm like, well, we should we should talk about that. We should do a podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah, you've been, how long have you been a nomad now? And you told me. Five years. Five years. Yeah. And then it seemed like, well, you must have like five lessons from five years of nomading. So we're going to get into that. But first, I want to describe the scene here. We're at the Dickens Inn. Let me read you a little quote from the website here. This is a tavern bar. This tavern bar is a traditional English pub situated at the heart of St. Catherine Docks, proudly doing what British pubs do best, a good, honest pint, friendly faces, top pub grub, and great real ales. Top top pub grub. Yes. By the way, they say real ales, but I just went up to the bar and uh, they didn't really have any of the traditional ales that they have in regular English bars, so I'm drinking a... I think we had one of those yesterday. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. with they pump it. Yeah. Sorry, my voice is shot, so y'all are going to have to deal with that. I don't know what's going on down there when they're pumping that thing, yeah. but something's going on. Anyway, um, I'm drinking a... Well, we just knocked out a Bangers and Mash with a Guinness. You had a classic... Fish and chips. Right? Yeah. With a Guinness. And now we've moved on. I got a Malt Smith IPA here. Yeah, and I got it. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not English. It's a Stella. Stella Artois. Yeah. Um, welcome back to the show, man. How are, how are you doing? It's been great I hanging with you. I am doing so great. And I'm, I'm so happy because uh, I, I feel kind of guilty that you're here. I, I said you got to come to London. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't feel guilty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you told me what it was all about. Yeah, it was a work trip, I guess. But I really wanted to hang out with you. And just get back out there, man. Like, so for me, you know, my nomad days are behind me. I had, like, my decade plus as a nomad. I'm settled down. I haven't been doing much traveling. So, like, here in London, staying at a hostel, meeting up with you, I feel like I'm unleashed, man. I'm, like, (laughs) back on the scene. But meanwhile, you're in the middle of your nomad, or who knows where you are in your nomad journey. It's just another day. Yeah, this is just another day for you. You're five years into it. So, uh, yeah, we were talking yesterday, and... I know you're reflecting a bit on how you basically started, like you just walked out of your front door and then bam, I mean that's how all trips start, but I, I always find that fascinating that yeah. it just starts, everything just starts from walking out your front door. Yeah, right? when, when, I, when I look back in uh, July 2016, it's, yeah, it's a little bit more than five years ago and for me it feels like it's 20 years ago, it's, it's ages ago and yeah. I did that. Um, and if I were living the normal day-to-day life, it would be like, um, yeah, it's just a year. Uh, is it really five years? Yeah. Uh, but when I'm traveling, uh, I really uh, feel that time is moving slower. So that day when I arrived in Tallinn, Estonia, which was the, my first uh, destination, I I put all my stuff in in the Airbnb that I rented, and then I walked out the door and went out to see Tallinn and that's when it dawned on me because I'm traveling solo that's when it dawned on me the first time I was like oh my god I can do exactly what I want I don't really need to to put that into a boat or should I go left I go left and should I go right I go right so yeah it's it, the freedom that comes with it obviously the downsides as well about traveling alone sometimes you want to share it with somebody but that freedom is 
wow, that's just struck me as something, okay, this is going to be good. Why were you reflecting on that yesterday? Like, what made you think of that? I think something you said, I, I don't even remember what exactly. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I, I saw in your eyes and I saw when you started talking about it, you know, sometimes you can remember things and you just kind of, uh, you remember them, you might tell a story or whatever, and then other times it's visceral, like you, you really go back there. And yeah. I swear for a moment, you were like, you were back there, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And actually, later that day, I, I came up with a rule that I set for myself uh, that has followed me all over the journey. Oh, wait, no, wait, hold on. Are we getting into the tips here? We are. That was, number, that was number one. The getting, one that, yeah, let's that, not that, get ahead of ourselves Okay, here, okay, so. sorry, sorry. Your show, uh, your yeah. show. <laughs> all right. So, all right, we're doing five lessons learned from five years of traveling, five years nomading, not just traveling, but traveling full-time. I mean, you're... Yeah. You're full-time traveling. You're yeah. you don't have a home. I don't have a resident address even. Yeah. So, I've been, right. yeah. Literally, I don't have a home. So, the first lesson you can do what you want. And that was kind of a revelation because it was uh, and like why I want to get into that a little bit because in your prior life, I don't know, did you feel sort of restricted or confined in a certain way and if so how no you you you're you're flexible you are accommodating and uh, and you if you're traveling with uh, your uh, your spouse or your uh, girlfriend or your kids you always want to make sure that we're we're, we're going to do the same thing unless we're right. going to take okay let's this just take like a couple a solo hours travel thing, right? yeah like, it, this is a solo travel realization that uh, it, I, I, I didn't think of it before I was in Tallinn that obviously I'm 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 able to do whatever I want I don't need to ask for permission to go this way or this way or, or make sure that everybody is on board with that idea right. that was just something that I thought wow this is this is going to be cool so you know there's the practical side of that where you're like well I want to go eat at this restaurant and whatever I can do it because I want to so all the, all the practical travel things but then I feel like there's also um like a freedom that comes with that on the mindset side, right? Where you just kind of like, it's liberating maybe in more ways than just, oh, I can go do X, Y, or Z activity. Mm-hmm. How has being nomadic, like it, has it liberated you in other ways, I guess, in terms of like who you are? Or not really, are you just... I, it, it, it probably has. Yeah, I, I've never really thought about that but yeah maybe it has and maybe maybe I'm a different person now than I was back then I'd like to think that we all evolved it might have happened if I if I still lived the same normal uh, life back in Denmark uh, that I would be a different person now five years later but I don't know I don't know it's something I never really thought much about Jason well did you think you would still be doing it five years later no no how long did you think you were going to be? Well, when I when I started planning, I, in the beginning I called it around the world in 80 weeks, which is a year and a half. And then somebody said, oh, don't, don't go too fast. Uh, and I thought, okay, it's probably going to be two years. And then as I left, I thought, okay, it's going to be four years. I'm going to travel for four years. And now it's five and a half years in and I... I yeah, I, I don't see myself uh, stopping anytime soon. Do you even tell yourself anymore, like, oh, I'm gonna? Are you just like, this is my life, and I'm just more accepting of the fact that, like, I don't need to put a time constraint on when it's gonna stop. Yeah, exactly. And and what I normally say is, um, I have two grown-up kids, and um, 24, almost 25, and 27. And it's when they start having a family, and I probably want to be back in a part of that. Uh, but I'll never get the big house again. I, I'm getting so used to living in, yeah, here I'm living in a dorm room, uh, um, a, a small Airbnb. I, I don't need a lot of space, so I'm very minimalistic that way. So once I stop traveling again, I'm never, well, once I settle down and have a, a place again that is my home, yeah. I'm still going to travel because I'm not going to put my money into bricks and uh, uh, an expensive house. I want to put it into more travel. And uh, even though that I'm living back wherever it is that I'm living, it depends on where my kids are, yeah. uh, then I will, will still be traveling. But it, was just, it would just be with a home base. Yes. And you're from Denmark originally. We should yeah, that's right. Mention that. 
Yeah, it's funny. I forgot. I didn't forget, but it's just been a while since I was in a hostel, and I, I looked. I thought about this today, actually. Like when I got back, I was looking at my bag. I was like, oh, I got to pack later. Mm-hmm. And it's just like all my stuff's in a corner, and it's barely anything. You know, I just came with one small backpack, and I'm like, oh, that's easy. And I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of miss this. This is what yeah, like this is like everything I have is like. Yes, uh, I have it for this trip, which is four days. Mm-hmm. But I could literally go around the world for a year with everything yeah. that I have. Yeah. And it would be totally fine. Like, I might have to, like, I, you know, get a new pair of pants at some point or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, wow, it just feels good to have that sort of minimal. Like, it's freeing in ways, yeah. you know. And I tell you, I know how to pack and unpack. I, I And I keep track of how many places I stayed, how many times I've packed and unpacked and um, it comes up to 382 times wait how why what yeah why do you keep track of that (laughs) (laughs) for for fun it it, it actually started i I was um in in 20 i have a spreadsheet uh, i'm a a bit of a geek okay i kind Uh, of imagine like a guy in a cell you know scratching on the wall with the you know the lines and everything like i I keep track of how much i spend on uh, on on moving from a to b and on accommodation because i like to compare that to what i had a fixed expenses when i lived in all right well i mean we should if you want to share some numbers and tips around that if you know offhand yeah absolutely i know people are always curious about the cost of travel because i i I get the question so many times or a comment so many times that people say oh i wish i could afford to do what you're doing or did you win the lottery on how you must make a lot of money in order to do that but the funny thing is the, the house i lived in was an old house from 1856 so it was in the countryside it was cheap it was not an expensive house i did not live in a mansion tiny house in the countryside and with what I spent for my fixed expenses for the, the mortgage for heating uh, for electricity the cable uh, insurance all the stuff that comes with having a house with the fixed expenses every month what I'm spending now living this lifestyle is on an average month around half of what I wow. spent when now, I lived granted, Denmark's an expensive country with very high taxes. Yeah, sure. So it's not your typical. Yeah, but sure. you were living in the countryside where it was cheaper, so yeah. maybe that's more comparable to yeah. certain other places. And, and, another, and another, so, so what I'm spending now, uh, trying in my head to get it into what do you want dollars? Uh, uh, One thousand five hundred dollars a month, I guess. Uh, Around that? Yeah, around what I'm spending uh, on, on, on travel and uh, accommodation. So yeah. Airbnbs or hostels or wherever I stay. Uh, and then plane tickets, bus tickets and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Those two things, uh, that, that's why I put it in a spreadsheet to, to make sure that, okay, uh, some months are a lot higher. Yeah. Like I did a Caribbean cruise that really uh, made the, this, that month uh, be super expensive. But then other months... I had very, very cheap places, uh, a cheap month. Uh, and, and one thing that's good about being a nomad when it comes to uh, the, the financial thing, if you're, if you're a little bit low on money one month, it's so much more easy to um, turn up the gas or turn down oh, yeah, the gas. Yeah. because kind of like make adjustments, right? You can ease them, but if you have all these fixes, the insurers, they need, you need to pay them. You need to pay for the mortgage. You need to pay for this and that every month and you can't really do much about it unless you sell the house which is, can be difficult or yeah, yeah. so you're pretty much locked but with uh, with uh, with no, yeah but with the nomad uh, lifestyle you you can you can really say okay i need to do a lot of house sitting now i need to do some couch surfing i need to not move very far yeah. so no expensive so you can you, there's so many ways that you can live I'm basically almost next to nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way. I mean, this I don't know if this is on the tips list. We could say this is a bonus one, a big bonus one, right? Bonus because tip. it's uh, yeah, I mean it's you're right. You're not you don't have fixed expenses necessarily, so it's I mean, granted, you know, you're obviously you're you're not traveling with a family or anything like that, but even then if you're nomadic and you're traveling around, you mm. can 
Yeah. Like you said, turn the hit the gas on and off, or you can. It's malleable. You can make adjustments on the fly. Yeah. yeah. I think. I think it's um. And another couple of bonuses is. When I'm traveling, there's a limit to how much uh, I can carry. Uh, I have to keep the under the, the weight so it, it, it doesn't get too much yeah. in my suitcase. And so I don't buy a lot of stuff. I, I buy the occasional T-shirt, or uh, uh, but I don't buy a lot of souvenirs and stuff like right. that because I don't have room for it. When I had a house, I bought all kinds of crap that I didn't really need. Um, things for my garden, uh, things for my kitchen, nice pretty things to put in the house uh, just because you had a place to put it and yeah. I don't really do that so I'm saving money that way and the last thing is that like you said Denmark is an expensive country and most of the countries I travel to are way cheaper so living expenses are are, 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 are way cheaper it's cheaper to go out to the movie theater not so much here in uh, not London when we, not when we went to see James Bond last night <laughs> <laughs> it was like what, how much was it 17 pounds 17.50 oh my god yeah. but we got to see James Bond in England yeah so that's yeah. pretty cool yeah and you're the Radio Vagabond podcast so yeah <laughs> you have a great t-shirt that says Bond Radio my Vagabond my name right? is Bond Radio <laughs> Vagabond great podcast by the way check it out yeah <laughs> So I am definitely spending less money, uh, which means I don't have to work nearly as much, but I do work. Yeah. We'll be back in a moment. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why. We're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Let's get back to the show. I think it is a big myth and it's on the surface. You know, of course, when you get the experience, then you... It's easy to be like, well, that's the way it is. So, like, that's because I, I had the same experience where my life as a nomad, like, I never would have been able to save as much money as I did if I was like living a traditional life. No, it just never would have happened. I would I would have had too many bills and yeah, I would have done it all wrong. Yeah, you you did the traveling before you had kids, and uh, for me it was uh, the other way. I, I right. it was when my kids moved out of the house. Uh, so yeah. yeah. I can ask you this because I'm an older guy too. How do you like being the old guy at the hostel? 
Oh, you're not an older guy. No, no, it's 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 not a problem. It's it's really not a problem. I'm only and, bringing this up because I've gotten yeah. emails before, and I think it, it sometimes people are intimidated. Like, oh, I can I can only stay at like accommodations like a hostel if I'm younger, and it's just not true. But I no, was I want to hear it from your. I've, I, when I started traveling, I thought, ah, I'm probably not going to do hostels. It's it's just the young backpackers. So you had the same sort of... Yeah. It's, it, it, it was a thing in my mind. And then when I came to Bratislava if, after, say, three months, and I decided to do a hostel and go all in and get a dorm room, I thought, okay, if I'm going to do a hostel, I'm definitely going to get a private room. But, uh, yeah, let me do a dorm room and see what it's like. And it was totally fine. It was totally fine. And uh, so I'm, I'm not doing it all the time, but it's also a super cool way to, to meet people. I stayed at a hostel uh, recently in Seattle and, and got some friends that I'm sure I'm going to keep in touch with. And uh, just hanging out uh, in, the, in the common areas and uh, at night having a drink, it's, it's, it, yeah, I, I love hostels. Yeah. But, but it's not something I do all the time. I do it sometimes. Also, when I sometimes say it's nice to be around people, uh, and but other times I, I get my own place or I get a private room at, a, at an Airbnb, and uh, and that's also fine. It's well, this, a this, goes, this is like going back to what you said, like you know the ability to adjust. If you're like, oh, I need, you know, I want to meet some people. Bam, you book yourself into a hostel. If you're like, no, I need workspace. I got a lot of work to do. Book yourself into an Airbnb or something. You're able to kind of yeah. be flexible with. The lifestyle, right? Yeah, and that's actually one of my tips. Do you want me to give that? Well, I'm not taking right, them in yeah, the right can, order. We, we can bump that up. Let's let's make that let's make that tip number two. What is it? Is be ready for adjustments. Uh, be open and flexible. Yeah, be open and flexible, and be ready that you're. It's okay to have plans, but be aware that they're going to change. And when when I started planning I had two years before I started traveling where I was planning the hell out of it I was I was really down to where am I gonna be in in which city in which country at what in what month in what week in what month I knew exactly what my journey would be and I made so many detailed plans and then I went to Tallinn and <laughs> my first stop and that was on the list it was where I was going to start yeah, okay. and then there was a TPEX uh, conference uh, in Stockholm travel bloggers conference yeah where where we met the first time and that's six years ago uh, so I haven't seen you in six years we met in, in, in Stockholm at the TPEX travel bloggers conference uh, temp, travel content creators conference I thought yeah this is so close to Tallinn let me just jump over there and then I'm going to go back and go back on the journey on, on my track uh, so I did that, and then I came back, and I did uh, uh, Latvia and, and uh, uh, Lithuania. Yeah, those three uh, small countries. And from there, no, and then I actually also the fourth country was uh, Ukraine. I did that as well. But then my plan was to go to Poland or something, and then I had a call from my friend saying, "No, no, you're going to Moldova." As a Mo- really Moldova. Now I just read a book, and that that's like one of the unhappiest places in the world. Uh, it's definitely one of the, the most poor, the poorest country in Europe. Uh, I don't know if it's unhappy. Yeah, I met some nice people. Anyway, my, my friend said, uh, I, "No, I said to my friend, Moldova. It's <laughs> it's not even on my list. Well, it is now." <laughs> I said, "Okay." And then I went to Moldova and absolutely loved it. Also to uh, Transnistria, which very few people know, it's technically a part of Moldova, but they act as if it's their own country. They have border controls, they have their own money. Uh, but also super, super interesting. Uh, and from there, it just it was it was completely different. Uh, then you were track. like, yeah, you know, I'm just imagining you ripping up your itinerary dramatically. Throwing it as the wind <laughs> blows it away in pieces. No, you know? <laughs> I used to be a graphic designer, so I made this uh, very nice map with a nice route around the world. Oh, and how one, pretty. Yeah, it was yeah. so pretty. And now I have an updated map, and when I look at that, it looks like I took a bunch of spaghetti and thrown it on a map. Oh, man. It's, it's I, I mean, if you're able to give us a picture, I'd love to post that up in oh, the show yeah. notes yeah. so people could see it. Uh, it probably looks like the London tube map, huh? Uh, much worse. Like, much, <laughs> much, much worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
yeah, it takes maybe sometimes getting on the road to understand like how flexible you're actually going to be. Yeah, and, and and really be open because sometimes you, uh, when I was traveling a lot in uh, in the eastern half of Europe, do not call it East Europe, uh, eastern half of Europe. I was okay. The the countries are different, but it's still a little bit of the same. So I needed a change. So then I went to uh, Dubai and then to Asia and spent four months, no six months in Asia, and then uh, I need I need something else. Asia is lovely and uh, I love it here, but I need something else. Now wait, now. do you do you come to that conclusion when like? Are you just like one day you're just like I'm not appreciating this as much as I should be type of thing? Yeah, kinda, kinda, and uh, you just need a change. You so just feel it go and then to you a go different. Go I yeah. had that recently when I was uh, in uh, traveling a lot in, in uh, Spanish-speaking countries. Started in Colombia and then did a lot in, uh, in Central America, Panama, Costa Rica, El Salvador, and Guatemala. Uh, I I loved it, but I just okay. I need to have some different impressions than people speaking Spanish all the time, and, um, uh, and love it there. And I'm definitely going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then I traveled a lot in the U.S., uh, ended up in uh, Vancouver, Canada, and uh, yeah, now I have had enough Americans. <laughs> had enough of us, huh? Let me go to London and meet Jason. <laughs> now you've really had enough of Americans. You're like, all right. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Jason, just put me over the edge. I don't need to go to America for the next six years. Okay. All right, let's, let's get it to another tip. Tip number three, which is your original number two. Yeah, um, it's when you're traveling solo, make sure that you have a network uh, uh, and, and look for communities. Uh, I'm not the type of guy that gets lonely because I'm very good in, in keeping connections with the people I know uh, virtually, but it, it's also super, super nice to be part of a community. and. I found my tribe uh, with a Nomad Cruise. I found some very, very close friends by going on... I've been on three Nomad Cruises, and uh, Nomad Cruise is like a conference on a ship. So once the day is over, you're still there with the people. So you hang out, you, you eat together, you drink together, you uh, do meetups. Uh, you dance together, you, you get really close with these friends and have a lot of conversation. So every time I've done that, it's like, okay, this is really my my extended family. Uh, and and having been on, on, on one, I, we are part of the uh, alumni, so you, you can go on the, the Facebook page and just write, hey, I'm in, uh, I'm in um, Mexico City, anyone here? Uh, and then there's a good chance that out of the more than a thousand people that's in that group, uh, there's somebody there. And even though you haven't been on the same Nomad cruise, you have a, a, a bond uh, and a connection. Uh, I, when I was in New York recently, I met up with a guy who's now one of my absolute best friends, uh, Wade Sellers, and uh, he's also Nomad cruiser, but we've never been on the same Nomad cruise. Uh, but we're, we're so close and we have a lot of uh, mutual friends and uh, a lot of uh, common things. So being part of a, a, a community is, is, is really great. Uh, but it can also be just like, okay, you're in a big city, there's a good chance there are some nomads here or and some expats and uh, just look for a Facebook page or, 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 or see that. Yeah. Not, not, not saying that you should go out into the world and, and, and meet countrymen or only people who are like you. I always also go and do the best I can to, to meet the locals. I join Rotary meetings, I join uh, Toastmasters. Um, Have you done that in different countries? Sorry? Have you done that in different countries? Oh, yeah. Toastmasters? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Toastmasters is a speaking club. Yeah, where right? you practice public speaking. And uh, even though it's in a, in a non-English speaking country, it's, it's typically taking place in English. Okay. So That's uh, pretty cool. That is pretty do. cool, yeah. So you practice uh, public speaking in English. I'm sure there are some countries where they do it in the local languages, but typically it's in English. So, uh, yeah, I've done that uh, many places around the world. And... Um, just Google Toastmasters and then the city name and there's typically if it's the biggest city, typically there are several clubs. Uh, what are some other ways that you embed yourself in the local community? Um, I I go on walking tours. Uh, 
there's almost always a quote-unquote free walking tour that's tip-based uh, in a city. It's some of the, always some of the one of the first things I do because it gives you a good lay of the land, and uh, they will point out some things that you want to go back and explore more later. So it's it's a good starting point and. Often you uh, and, and other people are on on this uh, that are uh, also interested in traveling, and you maybe go to dinner with them and uh, hang out with them after. Yeah. What about um, meeting locals? Um, well, I, well, a thing like uh, like couch surfing is, uh, is is probably the best way to meet the locals. Uh, do you still do it quite a bit, or I do it a lot. I yeah. do it a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And. Uh, not so much in the last couple of years. Uh, it's it's hard right. to get uh, somebody to host you now uh, during COVID, uh, and we're just coming out of it now. So uh, it's it's been it's been it's been harder. Uh, but um, I've been to couch crashes as well. That is kind of a weekend meetup. Uh, we did, I did that in Connecticut. Connecticut couch they call it uh, which was a great weekend event and I got some really good friends there that I'm still speaking to on a regular basis uh, and, and and then just um, um, when you when you're couch surfing and staying with somebody it's it's kind of expected that you uh, you're social and you, you speak to each other uh, so I've, I've made some really nice friends uh, along the way doing that but it can also be just like uh, reaching out and saying hey anybody want to go for a beer uh, and, and that's typically one of the locals that are interested in meeting a, a traveler. Yeah, yeah. I guess a lot of people that are hosting, they obviously want they want to meet travelers as well. Yeah, couchsurfing is not just a free stay, free place to stay. It's a cultural exchange. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and uh, if if it's not a free hotel room, you should you should, you should never use couchsurfing for that reason. Uh, it's always nice to save money, but it's yeah, you you have to uh, you have to be expecting to be social and, and speak to them but that's one of the things I'm traveling for is is making friends all over the world yeah it's awesome <laughs> yeah what are but you can meet you can, you can really make I, I made friends in the most unexpected ways like uh, um in, in Tishnit in Morocco a small town in Morocco I, I became good friends with a local butcher really? Uh, yeah <laughs> I, it was a kind of shop that was out to the street so you would stand on the sidewalk and then he would open a window and there he was inside with all the meat and the cuts and what he's done and then you buy some meat and either take it back to your house or go next door where they have a grill uh, so you have you give them the meat and they grill it and, really? and, and you buy some salad or stuff and sit down at the tables at the sidewalk That's uh, and when I I bought the meat from him and uh, we, we chatted a little bit and then he was closing up I was the last customer and then he came and sat down at, uh, at my table and we started chatting and uh, obviously me being me I brought up my microphone and uh, recorded a chat with him for the <laughs> podcast and then later he invited me to his house. Uh, we were his kid was there as well. He had a little kid and they're uh, playing ball and uh, invited me and my friend to uh, to his house and um, and then uh, for lunch. And then a few weeks later, I was further down south, uh, close to Western Sahara, and I got pneumonia and I needed a checkup at a hospital. And uh, even though Tishnit is not that big a city. Uh, I had to go back uh, there because that was the only place I could get a doctor to look at me. So Omar, he went with me to the hospital and helped translate. Uh, and uh, wow. he, he even insisted on paying the hospital bills, even though oh my I said, no, 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 I, I have money, I have insurance. No, that was... He felt like I was his guest, so he, he, he wanted to pay. Uh, it was not a lot, but... Uh, and I guess I could I could easily afford it much better than him, but uh, he insisted on paying as a gesture. Uh, so, such a nice guy, and and, and we still still speak to this this day. So, the local butcher, who would expect that? <laughs> Do you find that the podcast has been able to open some doors for you oh, like that? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I always have a, an excuse to uh, to uh, knock on people's doors and say, can can I can I come and do an interview or uh, yeah I've, I've done that many times and uh, met some really interesting people uh, there's two uh, uh, yeah a writer I met in, uh, in, in in Cambridge outside of Boston uh, 
fascinating woman. I reached out to a guy. I heard he, that he he does a marathon in in every single state in the U.S. Uh, so he had some funny stories, and even the more funny thing is that his name is Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> the jokes just oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. they're all yeah. so obvious yeah. right? and he was and he was uh, this was in uh, Natchez Mississippi uh, so he had this wonderful accent and that's also one of the things I love so much uh, on my podcast is having people with uh, different accents that you can hear that they're from different places so yeah, yeah. accents are oh, my God. a beautiful part of the world oh yeah you know there's so many ways you can speak English. Right? What are some of the cultures that you've really resonated with where you stepped into the culture and maybe you felt at home or you just felt a certain special something that I think as travelers we tend to get in certain places. I don't know why. I can't explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there are so many places. I could mention uh, a ton of places in uh, in, in Central America uh, uh, and um, and yeah, and, and Colombia as well. I was in Medellin for two months. Uh, a lot of places um, in uh, in the U.S. Uh, and, and and Canada and, and a ton of places in Asia as well. But I think the the one that resonates most with me, where I feel the most at home, and I call it my my home away from home that's Cape Town yeah not only is the nature beautiful but it's more most most of all the people and they have this wonderful dry uh, Cape Tonian sense of humor in the South African uh, and they're so easy to become friends with uh, and uh, if they introduce them you to one of their friends I've, I've had this happen that they would say oh you would get along great with my friend and they introduce me to their friend and they call me up and say well you're a friend of my friend so um, you're also my friend uh, we're having a braai on Saturday which is their barbecue we're having a braai on Saturday when can you be here uh, and, and it's they're really easy easy going people and uh, I absolutely love it there and I keep coming back does something like that happen in Denmark or is it uh... no no I'm afraid not uh, I'm sorry to say that uh, it's no it's not like that I wish it was and uh, I hope that I can bring a little bit of the good parts uh, of what I've discovered around the world back home well, it would be interesting because you are, are going home uh, soon tomorrow tomorrow yeah for yeah. how long for a month Okay, and you're going to be staying with... I'm just going to be staying uh, a few days with uh, Clara, my youngest, uh, and then I uh, have rented a, a, a cottage house by the beach uh, that I'm going to be staying in. So I have the my... last time you were there? I was there for Christmas last year, so and I left in early January. So it's been almost a year. And you're looking forward to going back, from what I understand. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be yeah. great. I, I, yeah, everything when it's everything is familiar, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be nice. How do you feel stepping back into your homeland? Do you feel right at home, or do you feel more like an outsider? That's no, I feel at home. You do. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 like I said, uh, I feel those five years has been. Uh, uh, 20 years yeah. uh, and that's that's also one of the things that we could have put on the list that uh, it's, it's really weird the, the sense of time and then when I come back it's like I've stepped into a time machine there are maybe a few different names on the shops uh, a few have shut down uh, maybe a new building here and there but it's 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 the same it's yeah. totally the same it's like you yeah, you just lived a thousand lives and then you just walk back home. I always found that to be so strange. Yeah. To walk back home after months away or walk yeah. back to where you just it's like I was like, was that just a dream? Did I just yeah. do all that? Did yeah. that really happen? You know? Yeah. I remember the last time I was home I I, I met a guy uh, that uh, was uh, in, in my old supermarket. I went back into my old supermarket, and everything was exactly where it was when I left. And I met a, an, an old friend of mine, and he said, "Oh, uh, how long have you been traveling? Uh, it's been a year." No, it's been at that point it was three and a half years. Right, there's the sense of time. Yeah, right. It goes both ways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because when you when you're in the in the you know when you, uh, the older you get, 
it feels like time is moving faster, right? Yeah. Uh, because you're you're so used to it, you you don't need to use your brain for anything mundane. You know the way to work. You know where to get the stuff you need in the supermarket. You know you know where the light switch is. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, with me, every time I get to a new place, 382 times, I have to <laughs> figure out. Where do I turn on the heating? Or where is the light switch? Oh, does this plug go here? And uh, where's? How do you say butter in Albanian? Uh, so, uh, there's there's so many things. There's so many things you always have to think about. So I put my brain to work, and uh, I I found somewhere that that's why you get the sense that time is moving faster. Uh, no, slower when you when your your brain is is working and when you're not on autopilot. How do you say butter in Albanian? <laughs> I have to Google that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it is strange how time works because I have my two small kids. So even though I'm in the same place, they're growing, but I don't see it every day. But then all of a sudden, I pick my daughter up and her legs are hanging down to my knees or something I'm just like what's going on <laughs> and I thought about this recently and then I read it because somebody else mentioned it too it's like there will come a day when I pick her up for the last time you know because you don't carry your kids forever they get older I'm, I'm going to try that in a few days pick her up <laughs> pick her up <laughs> Just don't hurt your back. <laughs> oh, yeah. My God, yeah. When was that there day? Is a, there is a, when was that a day, day when the last comes time? Oh, when my God, Right. Yeah. And a day will come when you... Yeah. That's for everything, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's a it's, wild thought. But it's still my babies. <laughs> the way it feels. All right. Yeah. Let's recap some of the lessons we have so far. Number one, you can do what you want. Mm -hmm. The freedom of solo travel. We haven't done number two because that's well, not we, really a tip. There's more a revelation. Or well, these a are lessons learned, right? Yeah. Number two, you did sort of being open and flexible. Number three is looking for that community, which is nice to have when you're floating around through the world. Yeah. And number four, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. This is a. I don't know if we can call it uh, something you learned. This was a rule I set for myself. This was the thing that sparked the idea for the whole podcast. Okay, okay, this is the big one. Yeah, I set I set a rule for myself, and that was actually also on the first day uh, after I walked out the door in Tallinn. I came. They have this wonderful old town, and there's a city wall going around it, and um, and I was like, uh, should I go on that wall? And uh, yeah. So I made the rule for myself, maybe it's a bad example, but I made the rule that if I'm ever, should I do this or should I not do that? If I don't know if it's yes or no, the default answer should always be yes. So uh, the rule is when in doubt, say yes. I'm trying to think if I can use that as a way for you to pick up the tab at the next bar. <laughs> <laughs> unless un, un, unless it's kidding. something stupid uh, that will get you killed uh, or, uh, or, or uh, yeah, just plain stupid. But it's, it's like when I was in Macau, should I do the bungee jump from Macau Tower, the world's highest bungee jump, 700 feet? Yeah. yeah. When in doubt, say yes. Yeah. yeah. The say yes rule. Yeah. I love it. All right, the last lesson learned. Yeah. It's something that a lot of other nomads have told me, and I've heard so many times that you will get burnout, where you you really can't feel it. You really, yeah, I've had enough. I don't want to travel anymore. I knew that I was going to get uh, travel fatigue here and there, And that's happened, uh, but I didn't think, it, because every single day has felt like one big vacation. It's so weird to say. <laughs> As, uh, people have said, oh, it's, it's going to be, it's gonna be uh, the, the new normal, it's going to be just normal. I said, no, it's just, it's just like one big vacation. But I, when I got to El Salvador, uh, not this long ago, that long ago, I... I I did. I was. I was in a wonderful beach town, uh, 
and they had the world championship in surfing going on so there was a lot going on a lot of bustle in the city and it was just wonderful and exotic and I I wasn't feeling it it was so weird and I had to tell myself come on enjoy yourself this is this is what you're here for enjoy it and I, I just didn't feel it and it was like so weird so I thought okay this is a signal to myself that I've been traveling too fast before that I just done two and a half weeks of uh, fast traveling through Colombia and uh, parts of Panama so I've, I've been traveling really fast and, and taken in so many impressions so I what I did I, I need to do something that will get the hunger back so I went into the mountains uh, I found a small uh, city in the mountains uh, and where there was nothing going on Oh, yeah, there was a marketplace on uh, market on, on on Saturday, but there was really not much happening, and it was it was it was it was on purpose. I went there. I needed to get my hunger back, so I just stayed there for two weeks, uh, and then slowly made my way over to uh, Guatemala. Stayed at a place for one month, uh, where I also found a community of uh, like-minded nomads, and uh, stayed there for one month, and really slowed down uh, to get the hunger back. So. You will get the burnout at some point. That's what people told me. I didn't believe it, but it happened to me as well uh, after five years. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and 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 then you, you've got to slow down. And actually, I've been I've been speeding up and slowing down all the all the time. Uh, I see it like kind of an interval sprint. Sometimes I run. Sometimes I go really slow. Uh, but that is to to stay hungry. That is yeah. so important. We'll be right back. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press. But I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago. And immediately, I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks, so they also make an exceptional gift. Thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Now let's get back to the show. I mean, this goes back to what you said before where you have that flexibility or malleability as a nomad to, in real time almost, adjust the lifestyle yeah. and tweak it. Yeah. If you know you're starting to feel a certain way, you're starting to get either burnt out or you're not appreciating things or you feel like you're traveling too fast or too slow yeah. you can then be, be like okay well I'm going to go yeah. here I'm going to move at this pace yeah. now I'm going to yeah. kind of do it this way I spoke to somebody and that was actually before I started traveling he said that he did a, a year around the world yeah. and at some point he, he was traveling so fast that he came to New Zealand and uh, heard that there was a wonderful waterfall and if he had to, when he got out of the car, walk more than 10 minutes, he couldn't be bothered. <laughs> and when he came home, he thought, oh my God. But that was just because he was so full of impressions that, yeah, it, it, yeah I've seen something similar. And, it, and th I thought, okay, that's not gonna happen to me. I, I, I would really be so disappointed in myself. Uh, so when I get the, these feelings inside my brain that's saying, okay, 
I don't appreciate it enough. That's yeah. when a signal to me to to slow down. Yeah, yeah, and everybody has their own version of that, I'm sure. Man, I saw some wild stuff today at the British Library. Wow. I mean, walking in, the first thing I looked at was a Leonardo da Vinci drawing of a stage mechanism. Like a real? Yeah, a real. A, a piece of paper. Okay, when you said library, had. I thought it was books. No. It's a piece of paper that Leonardo da Vinci drew on, oh, and I'm staring at it. I mean, I have a picture here of a score that Mozart wrote when he was nine years old. Right? In Mozart's that, handwriting? Hand, yes. Oh, it's, my it's God. incredible. So, yeah, if you stop appreciating those things, it's time yeah. to... It's yeah, time yeah, to... Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm at the high, you know, I'm just getting back out for a few days. I'm like, whoa, this is incredible. Uh, I'm sorry, my voice is shocked, so yeah, I well, should. Yeah, you were even impressed when you saw my fish and chips. <laughs> whoa! Whoa, those fish and chips. Epic fish and chips. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find you and all that good stuff. All that good stuff. Well, it's the Radio Vagabond is uh, the podcast. And um, remember that it's the Radio Vagabond, otherwise you get the Danish version. And uh, and that's basically the name all over the different social platforms, and the website yes. is theradiovagabond.com. Can we high five it? High five it. Can we cheers it? We can cheers it. And those were some incredible lessons. Five lessons learned from five years of nomading. Is that it? Is that it? That was it. We covered it. You can you can do what you want, and the world is your oyster. Number two. We skipped a, about being open and flexible. Number three, looking for that community somewhere, finding that community. Number four, the say yes rule when you're in doubt. Yeah. Err on the yes. And number five, you'll get burnt out. It will happen. Slow down, rest to get your hunger back. It doesn't mean you have to go home. Maybe you just have to find a spot to rest. Yeah. Where, where's the night taking us now? I don't. I don't know. No, no, we, we got an early flight tomorrow, so uh, it's uh, yeah, very quiet. It's going to take but, me about five seconds to pack because I've yeah. <laughs> got nothing. Um, and, and what happened to the voice? Is it, is it today know. of a touring I think around? It's a culmination of multiple days of just talking. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to share a quote. I, I like to share quotes. And uh, this one was on the bar, on the beam of the bar, yeah. where we ordered the beer from a Christmas carol. Was that Charles Dickens? I think so. I saw a piece of paper that he wrote on today, too, oh. at the British Library. Incredible. And then we're in the Dickens, uh, what's it called, the Dickens... Uh, the Dickens Inn. Dickens right. Inn, yeah. I guess maybe all these quotes are from Dickens. There you go. Uh, he said, there is nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humor. Thanks for uh, That's good. providing me with some of that. I, I, I was just days. about to throw out another Dickens uh, bah humbug. Bah humbug. <laughs> no bah humbugs here. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs> There you have it. Special thanks to Paula for sitting down, taking the time to record a podcast. We were pretty busy over those days with the conference and everything, but definitely found time to hang out and explore the city. So be sure to check out his podcast, The Radio Vagabond. It's great. And thanks again to him for taking the time to share his five lessons on five years of nomading. Hope you enjoyed that. Got a few more things to cover here. Of course, I'm going to leave you with a quote. I love to do that, send you off the right way. But first, I wanted to share these three things to love about free activities. Now, always a good idea when you're traveling to a city or to a new destination, particularly the bigger cities, if you just Google free activities, insert city, you'll find a lot of different ideas, things that you can do for free that don't cost you a penny, that get you out into the city. And the first thing I love about free activities is they can be just as good or better than the paid stuff, really. I mean, it's not the case all the time, but I will use a specific example. So I wanted to see these handwritten Beatles lyrics because they have handwritten Beatles lyrics at the British Library. Two songs, they have Strawberry Fields Forever and The Fool on the Hill. And I just thought, oh, that would be really inspiring to see on a piece of paper the handwriting from one of the Beatles. Now, 
I went to see this. This was kind of my intention, but I had no idea all of the other stuff they had in this gallery at the British Library. It was totally free. So I walk in to you know see these Beatles lyrics, and you know, I'm thinking maybe a few other other things. I go up to the first glass case. The first thing I see is a piece of paper from one of Leonardo da Vinci's journals or diaries where he was drawing out one of the stage set designs for the court. And it's like, really? This is, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I'm looking at a Leonardo da Vinci drawing. And then on the other side, they had a Michelangelo Bonarotti sketch. And they had all of these sheets of paper from historical figures in this gallery and you could see their handwriting. I saw Jane, a letter from Jane Austen. I saw a page out of a book that Ian Fleming was writing and that's pretty cool. That's James Bond's author. I saw sheet music handwritten from Mozart and Bach, I believe. I mean, this stuff was just blown my mind away as you heard in the interview. So this was just a free thing that you can go to anytime at the British Library. So that first point, again, it can be just as good as the pay stuff. I would have paid to see those things easily. So free activities can be just as good, if not better, than the paid stuff. The second thing is, and I love this about free activities, it takes you to new neighborhoods that you may not have otherwise visited. So there are the common sites, but oftentimes some of these free activities are different in nature. They're not the typical... Uh, tourist things. Some of them are. You can do these walking tours that are free in a lot of cities and you just have to tip the guide. But even those, you know, they could take you to new places. Then you can know where you want to go back to visit. So I love, you know, the British Library example was great because I was wandering around that area. I never would have ended up in some of these back streets and these charming little neighborhoods around there if I had not gone to do that free activity. So I think it can expose you to new parts of the city you might not otherwise have gone. And of course, the third thing, this is the obvious thing. I guess I left it for last. Uh, They're free, right? I mean, what traveler doesn't love free? So that whole conception that you have to spend a lot of money in the cities is not always the case. Plenty of free things to do and plenty of perks around free activities. So be sure next time you go to visit a destination, just do a quick Google search, free activities, best free activities in insert whatever city and see if anything there strikes your fancy, you know, see if there's anything that, that gets you excited and you might just find that you have a better experience in some of the paid stuff and you save some money. So there you go. Some thoughts on that. Now I do want to give a shout out to Anna, who wrote me an email, she said, Hi, Jason. My name is Anna. I'm from Southern Michigan. Recently discovered your podcast after my first solo trip where I spent one month on the coast of Columbia. Congratulations, Anna. How exciting. She says, I have shifted my top priority to travel, though it's always been a priority. My wanderlusting has taken me to Ireland, Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, Colombia, and all over the eastern United States. After listening to the train travel episode with Mark Smith, I decided that the California Zephyr was the best way to travel to see my sister in Los Angeles. She also adds, my town of Jackson, Michigan was once a major hub of train travel due to its location between Detroit and Chicago. Our station in Jackson, Michigan is the longest standing and operating train station in the entire United States. I'll take a short ride from Jackson to Chicago where I will hop my train for the cross country journey to Sacramento. One short flight to Los Angeles and I will be reunited with my sister after too many months apart. Just want to thank you for bringing more travel into my ears and inspiring these journeys. I may not have taken without these conversations. Thanks for the inspiration. Anna, thank you for taking the time to write. And I'm so excited for you. I just wanted to share this email because I thought this was a brilliant idea. First of all, the historical aspect of of uh, kind of her digging into uh, this whole idea of taking the train to visit her sister and just finding a new way to travel and then uncovering the fact that her town has the longest standing and operating train station in the United States. I thought that was really cool. You know, you find this amazing historical significance around something in your town and then you start your journey from there as just a wonderful mix of things going on here for her. And just the fact that she is taking this route to visit her sister instead of just sort of flying and going, it's like, hey, why don't I 
why don't I expose myself to some new travel experience by taking that California Zephyr? By the way, the train uh, episode she mentioned is in the feed, so you can listen to that if you just scroll down into the feed and uh, give it a listen if you're interested in train travel. So thank you, Anna. Congratulations. And wish you the best of luck. Please send me a, a pic or two from the road. Maybe send us a voicemail if you think about it from the train. We'd all love to hear that. All righty. Thank you for bearing with my sick voice. Probably going to go lay down. Actually, I have an interview to record after this. So you'll hear one more of these with the scratchy voice, and hopefully I'll be better soon. <laughs> Either way, thank you for your time. It's always a pleasure to bring a little travel into your ears and I really appreciate your presence here. Thanks once again for just taking the time to be a part of this community. Now, let me pull something out of the quote drawer here and leave you with a bit of wisdom from my Wisdom of the East calendar. This one's from Thich Nhat Hanh who said, when we know how to listen deeply and how to breathe deeply in mindfulness, everything becomes clear and deep. There you have it, my friends. Have a wonderful day. Smile. Enjoy your day. Plan a trip. Do something crazy. Have a little fun. Dance like nobody's watching. All that good stuff. (laughs) Thanks for your time, and I'll see you next time. Peace and love. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality. All right, this is a Zero to Travel secret bonus track. We are at the Black Bear, our regular haunt. Right, yeah, Paula? Yeah, it's, it's our regular place yes, here. Yes, because we've been here twice. Yeah, now, now. <laughs> we've been here once before. <laughs> but uh, when I, I was... Wa- I, I was expecting everybody when, when I walked through the door to yell, Pella! <laughs> <laughs> and there's a soccer game on, you know. People have got music. their pints going, music. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking on the way over here, it is funny, I, I don't know if you have this habit, but I find even if you're in a place for a short period of time, like I've been here for four days uh, by the time I leave, you still find a little spot that you, you feel like it's your local spot. Like, even if you've only been there, even if you only go twice, two times, right? It's like, let's go back to the old the old haunt, yeah, you know? Yeah, and, and it's really, really good if you, if you can remember somebody's name was working there like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, or it could be in the supermarket yeah. uh, and you, you adapt to it and you say oh, yeah, hi Susan uh, I remember I was in, uh, in, um, in, in Mississippi and I don't know where that came from because I'm not from the south I'm from Denmark yeah. <laughs> when I walked out the supermarket I said y'all have a good one <laughs> you said that yeah, I said, and it came out of my mouth and I said where did that come from? <laughs> Y'all have a good one. <laughs> Y'all have a good one. There you go. There's the southern Danish accent. Uh, southern U.S. Danish accent. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's, um, so we're going to enjoy these, these this nightcap before we head to the airport at whatever, 5... 5.45 45. And, uh, you know, we're just we're just keeping it local here. At our, at our lo- we're keeping it local at our local pub. Uh, so anyway... Oh, the poop. If you find your we'll local see you sp- at the pub, <laughs> at the pub. If you're uh, you're out there finding your local spot wherever you are in the world, whether that's a grocery store or a pub or you know the kiosk. I remember there was a kiosk in Brazil and Rio oh, yeah, that I yeah. always went to. I'm like I have to go to this kiosk. That's where I get my you know my potato chips or my Coca Cola or my wa- whatever. That yeah. this this kiosk in the corner. That's my spot. Anyway. You know that you're not alone. We all do these uh, strange yeah. habitual things. Even yeah, when and, you're and, if, and if you're bad with remembering names of uh, Pedro or Rodriguez, wherever you go, uh, just say, hi, friend, and uh, really make them feel good. There uh, you maybe go. you'll make somebody's day. There you go. Thanks for listening. <laughs>